Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. Today we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 80. And uh, what a long chapter, right? (laughs) So we'll catch the last verse and take a look at that. Let's pray first. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. As we study your word, let it be converted by your spirit into the spiritual food that we need for the strength to accomplish what you've called us to do. Now, thank you, Father. We praise you for our daily bread in Jesus' name. And together we say, Amen. Luke chapter 1, verse 80. So the child grew and became strong in spirit. Now, this is in reference to John the Baptist. So he grew and became strong in spirit. He had to increase his spiritual capacity in order to accomplish what eventually the role that he's going to be stepping into. But before he ever steps into that role, first he must grow into it. Praise God. Now, this is very fascinating in uh, the book of Galatians. Let's jump over there to the epistle of Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians, some translations say tutors, and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. There is a time that God has appointed for certain responsibilities and roles for you to step into, but it never happens when a person is in childhood. You must grow just like John the Baptist did. You must grow spiritually. There must be an increase within your spiritual capacity to step into what God has for you. Although as a believer, all of the promises of God are yes and amen. But my friends, there are some things that God wants to take you into that you cannot get in, you cannot experience them as a child. Uh, Even if everything belongs to you and the entire inheritance is yours as a child, you simply don't have the capacity to operate at the level that is required to be a good steward. Woo, praise the Lord. Now, hang with me for a moment. I want to share some things with you that will position you to be in a place where God sees that you're ready to go to the next level. I believe also that this message will stabilize you. If you're a minister, it'll stabilize your ministry. If you're a business person, it will remove the up and down, perhaps like roller coaster ride, maybe that you've been going on, and it will stabilize it and will help you not only to go up, but will stay on that right trajectory. Praise God. So we see here that even if you're a child and all of the inheritance is yours, you do not, you do not step into the overseeing of it until you have reached the stage of maturity. And so much of this has to do with the inner spiritual development. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, for unto us a child is born. Now, we have a little baby, so the child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. 
upon the shoulder of a baby? No, although that potential is there and the calling is there. The destiny is lining up for that. But the government comes upon the shoulder of the son. Woo, praise God. Not the little baby in the manger. The government will be upon his shoulders. By the way, that's why often when a new anointing can come or mantle will fall upon you, oftentimes you sense something has come upon your shoulders. Why? That's where the government rests upon the shoulder of the Lord. Woo, praise God. But not as a little child, but rather as a mature son who can properly steward the government. Praise God. Did you ever notice that authority is not placed upon children? Authority is not placed upon children. Why? They, they can't handle it. There, there can be very rare exceptions, but if you look at the exception, you will notice that the child, for uh, reasons of God's grace and unique calling, there is a uh, much higher level of maturity. You know, my wife and I were in Jerusalem about 12 years ago, and we were talking to a young Chinese girl. Uh, she was 16 years old, and she pastored an underground church in China. And you have to understand, the while the church is universal, uh, the Chinese church is different because when your life is on the line, uh, you have to grow up real quick. And so she's 16 years old, and you know, we asked her about our church and asked her how many people come to your church. And she said, well, it's very, very small church. I said, well, well, cause you know, cause small or large could be uh, relevant based upon certain conditions. Right. So, uh, pre we pressed her just a little bit more. How many people are actually in your church? She said, well, in the underground church in China, you're not considered a general unless you have at least a minimum of 50,000 people in your church. And that's what she was aspiring to. I said, well, how many people do you have in your church? And I remember she's 16 years old. Uh, she said, I only have 5,000 members. So she was running as the lead pastor, a church of 5,000 blood-bought, spirit-filled, um, uh, you know, sold out, uh, lay your life on the line for Jesus, believers. But look, when I'm talking to a 16-year-old as she was, it felt like I was talking to somebody in her 40s. So, so the government can rest, but it depends on what? The spiritual capacity of the person. So you do see rare examples of even young people uh, that could be at a very early age, and it's rare, but yet they're called into literally full-time ministry but you'll know the moment you start talking with them, this is not your typical teenager. They're not running around and caught up with uh, this or that or the other. There's something definitely different uh, that has been already developed in them by grace. Praise God. Hallelujah. But still, as we would say, uh, authority, though, is not placed upon children. Little children, they don't know what to do with it. Praise God. There first has to be development, even in the life of Jesus. Take a look at this in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, and let's go over to verse 12. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. It's very interesting. I was next to a, a, 
a stone manger uh, while I was in Jerusalem. And uh, a manger is a fancy word for a feed trough. <laughs> it's what the animals ate out of. <laughs> we see these beautiful, uh, like wooden, elaborate, uh, like baskets. That's not really what a manger is, but um, that's the sign though. You're going to find a babe. Okay, so there's the little baby. But look at verse 40. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. So even Jesus had to increase with spiritual capacity. Wouldn't it be terrible? Wouldn't it even look silly if, uh, if as adults we would have to wear like diapers? Woo, praise the Lord. Thank God for growth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Okay, so we have the baby. Now we have Jesus as the child. Look at verse 42. And when he was 12 years old, oh, now we have Jesus as the adolescent. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And you could already tell he's growing leaps and bounds. Woo, praise God. Hallelujah. So the journey begins for all of us in infancy, and we continue on. I'm talking naturally, but of course, I'm more referring to spiritually. And we begin, and we start to grow. What are we doing? We are developing a spiritual capacity. Why? Because there's an assignment for you to fulfill, and in order to accomplish it, you cannot stay perpetually in child mode or infancy mode. You have to develop into it so God can release it into your life. And remember, he cannot release authority into the life of a little child, but also spiritually, we have to be at a place where we can steward what God has orchestrated for us to be involved with. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at uh, Luke chapter nine. We're real close to it. Let's drop by there. Luke nine. And this would be verse 35. Well, I like verse 34 too. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were fearful as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. What's going on? Hear him. That was the release of authority being delegated to Jesus. He now can operate with authority that has been invested into him, and it could not have come at any other time because at this age of 30, he is now ready to step into it. Woo, praise God. Even Jesus had to develop his capacity to fulfill his commission, and you and I are on the same type of journey. Praise God. Did you notice that no building can ever rise higher than the capacity of its foundation. You know, when we started our Israel tour, the building that we were in was like a skyscraper, and uh, uh, the it was a very beautiful hotel, and we were way at the top. But uh, you could go down to the, uh, the lobby, uh, which is the ground level, but then you could just keep going down. There's floors beneath that. Why? Because the basement, the low, it just kept going down and down, and it had to because it, it was so high. Matter of fact, um, I love the, how the hotels 
in Israel, they all have a synagogue in them somewhere, either at the basement or on the ground floor. It'd be like in America, every hotel having a church. (laughs) Wouldn't that be amazing? Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But again, no building can ever rise any higher than the capacity of its foundation. And we've seen around the world, sadly, sometimes in undeveloped nations, what happens when they try to build beyond that capacity and it usually ends up in a disaster. Well, let's jump over now to uh, the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 25, and we'll look at verse 15, and we'll understand why God does things the way He does them. And to one He gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately He went on a journey. So he releases the talents. And by the way, the, the, the talent here in Greek, this is a very, very large amount of money. One guy's getting several multi-million dollars. The other guy's getting a couple million dollars. But the, the talents, this is not like each person got like $5 or something like that. These are men that uh, had the ability to perform or should have performed well. We know that one didn't. But it's given according to their ability. So changing levels is actually moving from one level of glory to another level. And God can't give you more than what you're ready for, but He will give you what, according to your ability, lines up with what your spiritual capacity is. That's why you want to develop it. Woo! Praise God. Now look at this. Paul said it very beautiful in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And this will be verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, don't make your afflictions ever for a lifetime, but you could have some challenges for a moment. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Weight of glory. Glory is determined by God through varying various different type degrees of weight. Matter of fact, the Old Testament word for glory is kabod, and the root meaning of the word kabod actually means heavy. Wow! Okay, so again, it talks about our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight, weight of glory. Woo, praise God. So your spiritual capacity determines how much weight can be entrusted to be placed upon your life. Wow. So the entire government of the world can be placed upon the shoulders of Jesus. But my friends, our spiritual capacity needs to be developed to support the destiny that God has for us. Woo! Praise the Lord. And it's big. Oh yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I do think that we should just for a moment acknowledge something that I'm sure many of you have noticed. In the church today, we do have uh, some people that they would appear or would project themselves as being authorities in certain biblical areas but the reality is that they're really, they're still just like babes. They're like spiritual babies. 
Well, Pastor Stephen, how can they be pulling this off? Uh, it's easy. Social media. <laughs> and you can get on social media without ever having accomplished anything in life. But you maybe never have even, uh, you know, you can't even, can't even find the book of Romans in the Bible or something like that. You've never won anybody to the Lord. You've never traveled. You've never preached. You, know, you've never, you haven't done anything. But you can go on social media and espouse a few things and project yourself as being an expert. But here's the problem with all of that. There's no weight and uh, preaching is not talking. Uh, preaching is based around the gravity of God, the, the glory, the kabod, and the message, the anointing writing on that message that changes the life of people. Wow. I think some uh, people that um, maybe have certain platforms and they, they say all of this and all of that. They don't realize if their platform, which they never built, they never developed because they've never built anything in their life before. If their platform was pulled from them, they would realize it's game over. Why? Because they can't, they can't have a platform on their own. Nobody would really listen to them because there's no, there's no weight there. So we do have, uh, I, I would say a, somewhat of a problem there. It's not really a problem if you walk with the Lord because you, you see through it and you just think, that's not feeding me. <laughs> that's not doing anything. <laughs> but they would present themselves as great authorities. Woo, praise God. Now, if you meet them and hang out with them, you realize they can't, they can't hold that together very long. It starts falling apart within, you know, 45 minutes. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. But you can go on, you can go on certain like a media type platforms and fake people out and stuff like that. But uh, that's not ministry. Praise the Lord. Ministry, again, it's not just like going somewhere and talking. Uh, you have to realize that God allowed a donkey to talk. God spoke through, a, uh, uh, or, or God just freed up the mouth of a donkey so a donkey can talk. But that doesn't mean uh, that suddenly we're going to have like a sixth ministry office for, you know, we have five for men and women, which is apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Let's open another one for a donkey. We now have six ministry office offices. No, no, it doesn't work like that. So it's not just about talking. It's not even uh, always about preaching, although that certainly is a part of it. But it's about uh, releasing the glory, releasing the weight through the weighty message. Woo! Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's why, I'll give you a few examples. That's why um, Brother Hagen passed away in the year 2003. I'm talking about Prophet Kenneth Hagen. But you know what? I could grab any of his books, and they're still good. There's, they still feed me, just like they did, uh, you know, 25, 30 years ago. I could grab any book by... Uh, Kenneth Hagin or by Fred Price, and those books are still good. I can, I can get materials by Smith Wigglesworth and read that, and they still ignite my spirit with faith, and they're a great blessing to me. Why? Because they had they had a real walk with the Lord. They had they had gravity. They had actual weight to them, and I would say it like this: they had they had depth, and that's really what you want to. Uh, move towards because in God's kingdom, you have to understand that depth actually determines what your height is going to be. And if you're living off cotton candy and fluff and stuff like that, it's not really going to produce. You'll have like these little happy fun times and stuff like that, but it won't get you through battles and it won't get you through uh, what a breakthrough anointing can do because there's a price tag with the breakthrough anointing. But if you're just playing around, 
uh, having fun, then you don't know this area uh, of depth and the power that's contained within it. And by the way, that's why I also, my wife and I both together, we cross-pollinate in the body of Christ. What I mean by that is that I know the tribe I belong to. I guess if you wanted to like maybe label me, you could say I'm Pentecostal, Word of Faith, Charismatic, Spirit-filled. Okay, I'm, I'm somewhere in that group. But don't think for a moment that this stream within the body of Christ has all the truth because all truth is in Jesus and he's the head and the global church on heaven, excuse me, in heaven and on earth is his body. So uh, if you're wise and you walk with the Lord and you want depth, you will realize that sometimes you may have to cross over to the other stream. I'm not saying you get out of your lane, but you may, you may want to go over there to visit and grab some nuggets of truth because they know some things too. I remember one Nazarene pastor, uh, you know, the Nazarenes are, you know, a pretty large mainline denomination, but uh, an old Nazarene pastor one time was doing a Bible study, and he said this morning, as I was going through Matthew, I had a few thoughts. And one of the people in the class said, well, what book for Matthew were you reading? Uh, excuse me, what, what chapter for Matthew were you reading? He said, well, the whole book. <laughs> Well, Pastor Stephen, that's 28 chapters. Yeah, that's what he had for breakfast. Well, Pastor Stephen, that'd probably take three hours to read. Yeah, it probably would. Amen. That, but, but then again, that's why people were listening to him. That's why many are drawn to the Catholic saints. Why? They had depth. They had depth. And it doesn't matter what stream of the, uh, and I'm talking about Christianity. I'm not talking about all this other, these false religions or other things that will not get you to heaven. But I'm talking about the true faith where you believe in Jesus. Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Remember, Israel, one nation, 12 tribes. But I'm telling you, if there's something over here and they've got some truth over there, uh, you'll find me visiting over there. I still know who I am. I still know my tribe, but that doesn't mean I can't jump over there and grab some good stuff stuff over there because it's B-I-B-L-E truth. Amen. Amen. Woo! Praise the Lord. <laughs> I love my Baptist friends, but I had a Baptist lady knock on the door of the church one day. I wasn't here. My wife was here, and uh, she was a real nasty lady. She knocked on the door of the church. You know, my wife opened the door, and there's that lady standing there, and she looked like the devil. She said, is this a Baptist church? My wife said, we're a Christian church. She said, is it Baptist? My wife said, we're Christians. She said, well, if you ain't Baptist, you ain't nothing. And walked off, <laughs> scowling, you know, uh, burned out of the parking lot with her wheels. <laughs> but you understand, that's not even representing the Baptist faith uh, or the Christian faith. That's just a lady that's uh, cloaked with religion and is in religious bondage. And she needs to come over to our camp and get some good stuff over here. Amen. Praise God. But if people can't see it, you can't lead a horse to water if he doesn't want to, if he doesn't want to drink. You, even if you lead him there, you can't make him drink it. Praise the Lord. Is this helping you today? I know it is. Praise the Lord. We're talking about developing spiritual capacity. And somebody might, else might have some things that could really give you that boost that you're looking for. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Let's look at this verse for a moment. This is first, uh, first Timothy chapter four, verse eight for bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things having promise of the life that now is 
and of that which is to come. Okay, so because of that, I'm going, I'm going to invest way more into godliness because it's profitable now and certainly also for the eternity that we will be stepping into. So how do you, do you develop your spiritual capacity? Well, in some ways, it's the same way that you would develop muscles. Number one, you need, you need good nutrition. And number two, you need relevant exercises. Have you ever met people at the gym? They're working out all the time and nothing's ever changing. <laughs> Why? Because they don't know what they're doing. Um, I talked to a, uh, a guy one time and he was, he was wanting the six pack, you know, he was wanting to get his abs developed. He was doing all these uh, setups. He was on a setup bench. I said, well, you're wasting your time on the setup bench. He said, well, I thought this was for setups. Yeah, that's what that's for, but it doesn't develop your abs. He said, well, I thought it did. Everybody says it does. I said, well, it doesn't. You're wasting your time. Matter of fact, I could prove it to you. Go on Google and pull up the world record for the person who has the world record for the most setups in one hour or within a 24-hour time period. It used to be a U.S. Marine. And take a look at him. He doesn't even have any ab definition on his stomach. When you're actually doing setups like that, you're working the muscles that are called the iliopsoas muscles that are down here in your, your, your lower hip area, connecting with your upper uh, thigh area. And that's actually what's doing all the pulling. So if you really want to do relevant exercises, it's probably better to lay on the floor and do crunches because now you are targeting 100% your core target. But remember, I'm giving some physical examples because we're talking more about the spiritual, but you really want to target what it is that you're trying to do with uh, relevant exercises. So if you really want to develop your so-called six-pack, yeah, you need to do crunches. But remember, even with that, you can get the top level developed, but the, the, bottom, the bottom two are the hardest to develop because that's where usually more stomach fat would be stored. So it's easier then to hang from a bar and do the, the knee ups where you rotate your lower body up and that way you work the lower abs, crunches work the uh, upper abs. Remember, I'm trying to get something spiritual across to you through these natural examples. Amen. But you have to get the relevant exercises. I was talking to a lady one time on the phone, sick, laid out in the hospital, on the bed, talking to her, trying to help her, and she's, uh, she's all excited telling me about this one message she had been listening to. And I said, that's a good message, and that's a really good preacher. But I said, why are you listening to that right now when you don't need that? <laughs> she was like, huh? I said, well, th this is what you need. You're sick. <laughs> you, you need relevant exercises or relevant messages to feed you in the area that will develop you spiritually in these areas that you are deficient in, which is why you're laying here. Uh, but the person, again, uh, didn't seem to have too much of an interest in that. Well, Pastor Stephen, where are they at today? Still laying in the hospital, laying there on the bed, and still not listening to relevant messages. So what happens? Nothing changes. It's like going to the gym all the time and you're actually doing stuff and it's not, it's not doing anything uh, for you. Woo! Praise the Lord. Amen. Look, we got to get smart in these areas. Praise the Lord. It's not what you know also that develops you even when you do get the correct knowledge, but it's what you do with what you know. That makes the big difference. Praise the Lord. So godly, godliness or the increase uh, of spiritual capacity, it actually covers all areas of life, not only for this world, this life that we have now, but even for the one to come. 
So that's why you need to develop in that area so that you fulfill your calling and uh, you're fully ready in this life and even for the world to come. You're ready to cross over smoothly. Amen. Praise God. Look at this in the book of Exodus. I think this is amazing. Exodus chapter 18, verse 17. Let's look at some um, wisdom insights from Jethro. Jethro was the high priest of Midian. <clears throat> now, when you go to Israel and you, village, uh, you visit some of these Druze villages, particularly like in the area of Carmel and places like that, there are also in the Golan Heights area, uh, the Druze people, they honor as their premier prophet Jethro, and they believe that they have descended from his lineage for the last 3,500 years, a very secretive uh, esoteric type group of people, and uh, of course, a great uh, group of people to share the gospel with, most importantly. Now, verse 17. So Moses' father-in-law, that would be Jethro, said to him, the thing that you do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out, for this thing is too much for you. And this was Moses just counseling, advising, counseling, trying to settle disputes, big ones, small ones, medium-sized disputes, day and night, from sun up to sun, sundown. And Jethro said, hey, this is not good. You're going to wear yourself out doing this. I mean, if you know, that's, that's really good advice. Mm-mm. For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. Listen now to my voice. I will give you counsel, and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people so that you may bring the difficulties to God. Okay, in other words, Moses, you tackle the real hard cases because you can, you can do that. You have that ability. Verse 20, and you shall teach them the statutes and the laws and show them the way in which they must walk and the work they must do. Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men. Catch that. Able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness. Wow, you're going to have some really good people then. And place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. Who are these able men? They are men that are proven. They are men that are capable and have the capacity to lead. Praise God. Hallelujah. You might, you might need somebody to be a pilot, for example. And you could say, well, Pastor Stephen, a brother so-and-so over there, he really loves Jesus. Uh, maybe we could get him to fly the plane. Well, is, is brother so-and-so a pilot? No, but he's got a real tender heart. Well, that's wonderful, but we need able people that are able in these areas to perform. They have developed something on the inside of them in this area to perform what is needed or what they were assigned to do. Did you ever notice that in the Bible, God said, don't put a novice into a ministry office. Don't make a novice an elder. Don't, uh, uh, don't make a novice, uh, you know, a, a minister or something like that. Why? It's a trap for them. They'll get lifted up in pride and the devil will make sure that something is done in that process to destroy them. If you put them in there before they're qualified and they're ready and they have the capacity inward to stand 
in that office. Mm -mm. Relevant training, inward development in that area. You know, you have to have training to drive a car. You have to get a license and go through a test to drive a car. But then you could develop your capacity and you go further. And maybe you think you want to get your pilot's license and you work towards it and you get your VFR rating. Then you maybe you get your IFR rating so that you could fly when it's cloudy and raining and things like that. Uh, more development than what's required uh, for the car. So you have the car and then you have the pilot. Maybe you want to move up to your uh, multi-engine jet rating. Now you can fly a jet. Oh, what if we go higher? What if you want to uh, fly uh, like one of the spaceships, like when they're going to go to Mars? Somebody's going to have to be up there pushing the buttons and, uh, you know, somebody's going to have to pilot that thing, just like they did the space shuttle. We have a lot of modern electronics, but you still are going to have to put people in there. What does that mean? Higher level of training, higher level of development. So there are different levels of capacity for uh, things that you can do mentally, but also there's different levels that God requires to be built into you spiritually. And remember, godliness is great for this life and also for the world to come. So you want to develop spiritually on the inside. Woo, praise God, so that you can go higher. Mm-mm. God can't give you what you can't carry. I think that's fascinating because God can tempt no man with evil. So he's not going to put something on you that he knows will destroy you. That becomes like a temptation to you and then destroys you. you can't No, God would never do that. Now the devil would, uh, people could, they, they could do it out of lack of uh, uh, ignorance or lack of understanding of what they're doing. But yeah, sure. People could, you know, you could give, you could give a young child, uh, uh, a motorcycle, that's too powerful for him to handle. Maybe you could give a little kid or a young boy, maybe like a uh, 25cc motorcycle, but no, you couldn't, couldn't put a little child on a 600cc sport bike. Absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> the next thing they know, they're going 100 miles an hour. <laughs> so God can't give you what you can't carry. He would never do that. He's not going to tempt you uh, uh, with evil because that's not even in his... Uh, ability to do that. Praise God. Our levels can't change beyond our capacity or else it would crush us. Again, remember the glory is weight. It would crush you. So God, um, God's actually waiting for the development inwardly of your spirit so that your capacity is built up to receive what he wants to place upon you. And it's going to be glorious. It's going to be heavy. Amen. Get ready. Amen. You've come so far already and there's more to come. I believe you're coming into your finest hour. I believe you're going to the, to the next level, which is very, very significant in your life. So you want to make sure that you are developing properly coming along right on time, right on time. Remember depth defines height in the kingdom of God. Mm-mm. You need determination, dedication, discipline, and self-sacrifice. By the way, those are the four things that a young man asked the coach 
uh, uh, about 90 years ago, a young man went before the coach and said, I want to be the very best. I want to be the fastest runner in the world. And uh, I want to win gold medals in the Olympics. And uh, what do I need to do? And the coach said, you need determination. That means refuse mediocrity. You need dedication. That means you have to stay with it. You need to show up. And then you need discipline. That means do the workouts because the best coach in the world can only instruct and advise. You know what? In this realm, it's, it's like 75% the ball's in your court. It, these are things that you have to do. 25% maybe coaching, maybe the, uh, the things that we can pour in, but really you, get, you have to have that discipline. And then last, you need the ability to make the self-sacrifices that would be required along the way. That's paying the price. That's the sweat. That's going through the pain. That's uh, dealing with areas in the natural, say, like nutrition. Or if you want to become a doctor, that's reading all the books, putting the time in, uh, you know, going off to the universities for, you know, 12 years or however long it takes. Praise the Lord. But by the way, that young man that asked the coach, his name was Jesse Owens. And he went off after he had uh, gone through all of these processes and developed himself. He went off to the Berlin, Germany Olympics in 1936, and he won four gold medals. The one in the long jump was so out of this world, it lasted for 22 years before anybody finally broke it. By the way, I've been to that very Olympic stadium and uh, stood there. Very uh, interesting feelings, knowing all that transpired there. Praise the Lord. So if you embrace these four factors, they work not only in ministry, but they work in business. They work in sports. And this will help you to develop yourself uh, internally. Praise God. But my friends, don't wait to build your spiritual capacity. You commit to building it. Again, don't, don't wait to build it. Make the commitment to build it. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, how would I do that? What a couple of, couple of ways that I can do that. Well, uh, Daniel chapter 11 gives us a good insight. Let me jump over there just for a moment. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. It says, the people who know their God, who know their God, shall be strong and carry out great exploits. So one of the best ways to develop uh, your spiritual capacity is to have in-depth revelation of God's Word. Why? It makes you strong, and it empowers you to carry out exploits, great accomplishments, great achievements. And I would call it having a working knowledge of God's Word, where it's, um, you need information, and I, you know, I know things about the Bible, some of the things I'll never use. You know, when you also, when you visit the Holy Land and you, you see archaeology, you learn more data, more information. But a lot of that is just fun stuff. But the stuff that goes from your head into your heart that you need in your toolkit, uh, that's how you have a working knowledge of the Word of God. You could have a, it is possible in the natural that you could be a mechanic and you could have a toolkit that's so big that uh, you, you can't even dig through it because you've had too many tools in there. But the really good mechanics, it's amazing what they can do with the basics. And you'll find out you use the basics over and over and over again. But it needs to drop from your head into your heart so that you have a working knowledge of God's Word and you have in-depth revelation. Praise God. Mm -mm. And then we have Acts chapter 20 agreeing with this in verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and 
to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Okay. So the word of God is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those, among all those who are sanctified. So the word of God, again, it builds you up and it gives you that strength that you need. Praise God. Mm-mm. Remember learning about God, about his word, about his ways. Learning is a lifestyle. It's not something that you just do, maybe make a good push at it for a few weeks. It's more of a lifestyle. My wife is constantly buying me books. Why? I eat them up <laughs> like, like, uh, like a box of cereal for breakfast. I just, I eat books up along a certain line. Amen. I have like two lines that I'm being fed on constantly and they both feed my calling. <laughs> but again, I could go back at any moment and say like, read a book by Kenneth Hagin, how to be led by the spirit. I, I could read that and it's like fresh and new every single time. There's, there are some books that they're, they're like classics and these books illuminate the scriptures, illuminate your working knowledge of God's word. Amen. So that you get the results that you're looking for, but I'm constantly endeavoring to develop inwardly spiritually by not only meditating and studying on the word, but by also getting those books and materials that feed my knowledge and understanding of the word, but also of the person that is, that wrote the book. Woo. Praise God. Mm-mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Well, you also need to engage in spiritual exercises. We saw in first Timothy chapter four, verse eight, that physical exercise has some benefit, but it's very temporal and it doesn't, it doesn't last that long. Now you, that doesn't mean it doesn't have any value. It's good to go out and walk around and take care of yourself and, uh, and enjoy life and enjoy this world. But remember, godliness has great benefit in this life and in the one to come. So you want to engage in spiritual exercises, waiting on the Lord, developing yourself in a way that you know you are increasing the gravity spiritually. See, the demon that jumped on the, the, the seven sons of Sceva, the demon, uh, the, the prince demon in that person cried out and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know, but who are you? (laughs) Are you ready? I believe that God's working in you in a sense where the demon will say, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, and I know you too. We know exactly who you are, and uh, we're well aware of your position. And so there is a genuineness in the things of God that we still must pay the price for. We must still make the sacrifices to walk in what the Bible would call through the book of Jeremiah, the ancient paths. There are things that social media, although we thank God for it and the ability to communicate so quickly and so creatively, but if we just fall back and allow uh, props to support us, then what will happen is that the message will become hollow. And you'll also uh, get into this area area where if you don't stay fresh, you begin to experience burnout. But you know what burnout is primarily due to? Now it can be due to fatigue and you've overworked yourself, but that's not really the angle I'm coming in from. Burnout uh, primarily though is a result of not getting fresh material. 
You're living on yesterday's manna instead of giving, getting the new thing that God wants you to feed on that will feed you in this hour, in this moment. Praise God. I have a pastor friend and, uh, you know, he, he's still using the same Bible that he was using 30 years ago, reteaching, re-preaching the same notes that are written down, pulling up the same message that he was preaching 25 years ago. Now, look, I'm not saying that when you get older as a preacher that you change the, the message that God mandated you to preach. But I am saying that the, the Word of God is, is layered infinitely, and you can just keep going through it and getting fresh truth, fresh truth, but you have to dig for that. John Wesley said that every year he threw his Bible away and his notes away and st- would start all over again. Why? It forces you to dig for new material. So that's why some ministers get burnt out because they're just rehashing the same thing over and over again, re, uh, re-preaching the same old notes, and, and it gets dry. Woo! And it not only does it not feed the sheep, it doesn't even feed the, uh, you know, the shepherd. <laughs> so you're, you're constantly thinking, I need a vacation. I need a vacation. <laughs> no, that's not the problem. Look, it doesn't matter if it's for ministry or leading business or leading whatever realm or field God has called you into. You cannot be lazy. You have got to get in there and do the work. You can't just repeat it and think, well, I'll, I'll tell a different joke this time. No, you have to get in there and get the fresh content and pay the price so that you not only are refreshed, but what you are serving out is also it's it's the resonance. It's the sound of the now. Praise God. Mm-mm. Not the fluff sound of the now, but the eternal ring, but the now anointing that God places upon it. Woo! Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Mm-mm. I see those spiritually. I see those of you spiritually. You want the gold medal. And you, you want to go on with God, and you want, to, and you actually sense you need to develop spiritually on the inside your capacity because you know that what God has for you requires it. What God has for you requires it, okay? So some of you are so close to that level that I believe if you will push and make the commitment, make the commitment. Look, it's Wednesday morning. I'm not even here right now. I'm, yes, I'm sitting before you here on the camera, but I just got back from Israel. But uh, I, and it's actually Sunday. I'm recording this on Sunday. It will get this message will get prepared and it's going to be released to you on Wednesday. But on Wednesday, I, I'm already in another state. Why, Pastor Stephen? Well, I've got to be at the NRB conference. Now, I don't have to be there. But this is the National Religious Broadcasters Conference, and if you are a minister and you're in television or radio, or you have any ambitions to be in radio or television, this is where you should be. Well, Pastor Stephen, I I really do sense a calling to Christian TV. Well, why aren't you? Why aren't you there? That's where you go. That's what you do. Well, Pastor Stephen, you just got back from Israel. You're probably still jet lagged. You probably need a vacation. 
Well, I, I, I honestly do still feel a little bit jet lagged, but I don't, I don't need a vacation. I'm supposed to be down there. That's what you do when that's what your calling is. That's what it requires of me. <laughs> Even if I'm still jet lagged, who cares? <laughs> I'll sleep on the plane. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. So I'll go there. I'll meet the various network presidents that are represented there. I'll see my, my TV agent that buys the airtime for our ministry programs. And um, quite honestly, Pastor Kelly and I will look at some other potential networks, maybe um, some other things that we want to add to the repertoire of what God has already built and established. Woo! Praise the Lord. So I will be there. And not only that, they, uh, the NRB always honors Israel, the 75th anniversary of Israel, and there'll be the big Israel hoopla. And yeah, we're all into that too. We'll be there for that. Praise God. Amen. It's just what you do. You, you have to discipline yourself and you have to, you have to have that determination. Look, I see gold medal champions. I see some of you. You're not only uh, called to get the gold medal. You're called to. You're called to like to be a pace setter. Mm, 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 mm. You're not called to be back in the back of the pack, and you're not called to be mediocre. God will make you shine as a star in these last days, and an illuminary amongst your colleagues, amongst uh, others in the field. Maybe you sell a product and maybe others sell the product, but God can put a brilliance and a shine upon you that gives you uh, that anointing to be the pace setter in the industry. Uh, some, uh, somebody or a company that others look at and say, wow, they're, they're really doing some good stuff. We're pulling some ideas from them. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those that are watching right now, hungry, 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 wanting to go to the next level and uh, wanting the insight of how to get there. I thank you that you are breaking them through to great levels, Father God. And I thank you. There's, there's a lot more uh, uh, in this glory mix than what they've even uh, have understood thus far. And they'll be so happy that they have made the preparations of developing their spiritual capacity. Now, I thank you, Father God. Bless your people. Bless your people. Take them there and take them into the next level, all for your glory. Now, we give you praise and we thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Say, I'm going up. Mm, by God's grace, he's taking you up. Amen. Promotion comes from the Lord. doesn't come from the north or south, east or west. It comes from God. Mm -mm. And it's your time. You're next in line for the blessing. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Now, if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He is the only Savior. He is the only mediator between God and and man. So if you want to go to heaven, you have to, you have to go through him. So you have to believe in him. And if you would like to do that, let me pray for you right now. Perhaps you used to be a Christian and you served God, but for whatever reason, you fell away and you backslid and got off in the sin. Come on, come on back right now. Hallelujah. Rededicate your life to Jesus and get plugged back into the original calling and destiny. And God will do miracles and put you right back on track. Okay. Let's pray. Whether you have never known the Lord or whether you're rededicating your life, pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Come into my heart. Wash all of my sins 
away. Jesus, write my name in your book of life and step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for restoring me. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory. The Holy Spirit is really moving right now. Amen. I think there, there's some of you, you're seeing some areas that you need to tighten up. There's like been slack, looseness, and you need to pull that tight. And the Holy Spirit's going to help you with that. That could be the thing. That could be the final thing that the Lord needed checked off so that he can move you into this next level. Praise the Lord. Well, let's take Holy Communion today. I want to invite you to grab some unleavened bread. If you don't have these little crackers, just uh, these little wafers, just grab a cracker, okay? And, or grab a piece of bread and uh, grab some grape juice. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it and we set it apart as being holy. Father, we thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. And as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you, Father God, for spiritual capacity. Father, we thank you for growth from baby to child to adolescent to, uh, to uh, merging into a man. We thank you, Father, for maturity, spiritual maturity. We thank you for the weight of your glory resting upon us. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. Woo! Did you know that in the Bible, wealth is often called, <coughs> excuse me, wealth is often called glory, that they're synonymous, that when Satan tempted Jesus, took him up on top of the mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the wealth thereof, he said, all this glory has been given to me, and I can give it to you. I give it to whoever I want. So wealth, riches are a type of glory. And God's going to take many of you into financial glory as you continue to walk with him and you, you honor him with that strict obedience. Wow. Praise the Lord. Amen. Again, when I say strict obedience, don't, don't let that make you afraid because remember, sometimes this slack or this looseness, that's the area God needs to fix so that there's consistency and a great respect for God's commandments that we're not only do them, we're quick to do them. Amen. Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus. We receive it now. We receive his flesh in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus, its mighty cleansing power. We thank you, Father, that as we receive his blood, we forgive anybody, anyone who has sinned against us. We completely forgive them. We bless them, and we go on in you. We thank you, Father God. We give you all of the praise. We give, we give you all of the praise. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. 
Mm, praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. As you spend time waiting on the Lord, the Lord will continue to unfold the destiny that he has for you, and the Holy Spirit will continue to help you to develop on the inside. Praise God. And you'll be so glad you did. You'll be so glad that you are spiritually prepared for what God has for you to step in. You'll be so glad that you did. Amen. It's like an athlete showing up on the starting line, knowing they did all of the training. They did all of the work. They did all of the nutrition. They're in the best shape of their life. And something very special is about to happen as soon as that gun goes off. Wow. That's what it's like spiritually, but spiritually it's, this is not even a game. This is real. And the, the stakes are so much higher and the reward, the rewards are eternal. Woo. Praise God. Step up. Amen. This is your time. This is your moment. Praise God. May the Lord bless you. Let me put up on the screen right now, the giving links, how you can sow into the ministry as these teachings are being a blessing to you. I had hoped to have a video I could play for you of some of the highlights of the Israel tour. Um, but I need a little more time for my developer to pull that together also because we're traveling and stuff like that, but he'll have that ready soon. And I'll pop that, uh, up, not only on the next upcoming message, but if it's, it's probably going to be done before that, I'll pop it up on YouTube just as soon as it's ready. So you can see it. We're already having some of the pictures and things come out, um, uh, that my wife is popping up on Instagram. Okay. So if you want to see our ministry Instagram account, those links are on the website. And so you'll see some of the cool stuff we're doing there. I, I'm telling you, it was amazing. Some of the things that God did on this trip, I can't wait to share it with you. Okay. So, um, you know, there was that area that we had talked about, uh, from the, from the book of Acts, how Jesus went about doing good. And because of your love and your giving and your prayers, we were able to go about doing good and God opened the door that allowed us to do more good than we, we would have even had thought, but God did it. And thank you for being a part of it. I want to share that with you real soon. Be watching for that video when it comes out. Till then, I pray that you have a great week. Thank you for, uh, again, your giving us that link is up on the, uh, page right now. And I'm praying for you. God bless you. Continue to develop yourself spiritually. Bye-bye.